Today, we are taking it all the way back to the 80s. Big time 80s style as your favorite cartoons and toys of that era are back once again as comic books from all manner of different publishers. It's Transformers. It's G.I. Joe. It's Battle of the Planets. It's Thundercats. It's Space Ghost. The licenses are back. They're booming. The, the, the cycle is in full effect. We're going to examine all of these new announcements and just why is it that publishers clamor for these licenses in the first place. We're doing it on an all-new bonus edition of Rob Observations. Hey everybody, welcome to a special bonus edition of Rob Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I, I, I have uh, made and, and drawn so many comic books, created characters like Deadpool and Cable and X-Force and Shatterstar and Domino and Prophet and Youngblood and Brigade and Bloodstrike and launched Image Comics. The very first Image Comic published was Youngblood number one. Am I proud of that? Of course I am. I am welcoming you to a special edition. We've been doing some special editions of the show recently, and this is a really fun drop that I hope you enjoy, which we are going to uh, get into really directly here discussing the reemergence of the licensing boon on comic books. And that is our topic of the day. We're going to discuss it. It, it, it grows out of the final couple of announcements from New York Comic Con that, that were, were presented while we were there that hit the news sites. The publishers wanted to you know, have something on hand that, that, that's very common. You know, for San Diego, New York, you always get the big news. And uh, additional publishers came forward. And now it looks as if there are just all manner of licenses, some that were dormant, some that have just been passed company to company to company, but we are back in this licensing swoon and we're going to examine it and we're going to start by referring to an episode I did on December 2nd, 2022, 10 months ago. Just 10 months back, I did an episode about 2002. It was called 2002, Where Are You? And it talks about how suddenly the comics industry was revisited by something that was going on in like 1982, 1983. And now I am like completely blown away by the fact that this is in fact a 20-year cycle that keeps revisiting us because the amount of uh, licensed items that are now on the table that have launched or are launching coming end of 2023 and then coming into 2024 is uh i mean we got a full clip here this this isn't just you know your 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 standard star wars licenses okay star wars came back you know huge with marvel 2014 2015 and and marvel certainly has has broken out all the fox licenses and honestly planet of the apes was one of those in 2002 that got revisited and the fact that marvel has just recently relaunch that really puts that also in 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 this same sphere star wars is like a brand in unto itself it's just it's the biggest license out there there's nothing in my opinion bigger than star wars and and yet now marvel itself has predator and it has planet of the apes and it has alien uh all of these come from the fox catalog which was consumed you know by disney and 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 so they're not so much licenses as they're within the company. They're just kind of trading contracts, you know, rerouting them. Uh, previously, so many of these books were at Dark Horse. Dark Horse was doing, you know, Predator and was doing Alien. 
and was doing at one point uh, Planet of the Apes. And now all of those Fox licenses have landed at Marvel Comics, which only you know bolsters their bottom line. But in 2002, what was going on is uh, there was a company called Dreamwave. And Dreamwave featured a, I guess he had, He'd been around about six years. He, he, his work first appeared in, in my comics at Extreme Studios. I discovered Pat Lee, absolutely 1,000%. Pat Lee was a discovery from our young talent program, and he came on. He did a number of different books from us. He did a fill-in on Profit. He did a miniseries for us, which was like the junior members of Youngblood called Bloodpool. He broke off on his own, started his own company, and at, at some point in time, because I was... Pat, when he was at Extreme Studios, was was on site at Extreme Studios. But at 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 one point, he moved back to his uh, native Toronto. He was from Toronto at the time, and and so I watched him from afar as he built up his his company. And and lo and behold, one day I read that he is going to be doing the Transformers, and and it looked good. Those Transformers like looked like animated cells. He, he brought the uh, really kind of an anime flavor. To, to what we kind of already understood as as the Saturday morning cartoon Transformers. I know I know actually Transformers was like a strip daily show Monday uh, a strip show is a Monday through Friday show. Some of these terminology some of this terminology is lost on some of uh, some of the younger kids and the younger uh, voices that listen to us. Strip show? What does he mean? No, uh, if your show is stripped, that's Monday through Friday. Whether it's a syndicated show like like Three's Company, which I just dated myself, or um. A cartoon like Transformers or X Men, whatever. Strip X Men started out. Eventually, uh, it, it, it got stripped as well. I mean, so so so. Pat was putting this anime flavor on top of what we were already familiar with, and fans went for it in a big way. It was a giant success for Dreamwave. The actual first launch Transformers comic from Dreamwave, uh, Dreamwave Studios, Dreamwave Productions was in December of 2021. So I said. I'm sorry, 2001. It was 2001, not 2002. But of course, you know, the next issue is all, you're launching something in December of 2001. You're knocking on the door. Hello, hello, 2002. Boom, you're in. Went on for several years that he had this license and it was very successful. And I just know that the comics were cool and the fans went crazy for it. The retailers went crazy for it. At the same time, and again, in the uh, 2002 Where Are You podcast that I put out, last December, and, and that's what it's called if you want to go back and, and, and listen to it uh, in full. There was also a, a, a gentleman named Josh Blaylock, and he got his hands on the Transformers license, and that launched in, in roughly the, the same period of time and came out and was also ridiculously successful. Mr. Josh Blaylock's company was called Devil's Do. So Devil's Do was the logo underneath the image I because image was distributing the Devil's Do Josh Blaylock vision of G.I. Joe. And it was a huge hit. J. Scott Campbell covers. Again, people were flocking to this. That also happened late in 2001 and carried really through this 2002, 2003, 2004 resurgence of licenses. And again, these were top sellers uh, around... Uh, I think August of this last summer, I was talking to Eric Stevenson, the publisher of Image Comics. He used to run uh, editorial at Extreme Studios. Uh, we, 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 we've you know, been talking for decades, talking comics, and he, he literally was like, it's because he was at the helm. He was there. He was working 
on staff at Image Comics, not yet a partner, not yet full publisher, but he was almost there. He was right there. He was an executive at the company. And he says, Robert, it is. It's like 2001, 2002, 2003, all over again. We are in this 20-year cycle. Suddenly, uh, given that now Skybound has uh, both Transformers and G.I. Joe, and they are currently publishing Transformers and G.I. Joe is is on the way. So so G.I. Joe finds itself back at Image Comics. Transformers, I think this may be the first time they are at Image Comics. If I if I'm wrong, you will correct me. Uh but previously they'd been they'd been at IDW. I, I don't know the exact time, but it felt like 12, 15 years. I, I don't, you know, follow the calendars that much, but but once uh G.I. Joe G.I. Joe left Josh Blaylock and left Devil's Due uh, and and the Transformers left Dreamwave. They both found themselves at IDW, which is where they uh, resigned for a good long time, the better part of a decade at least. And uh, you know now to to have GI Joe back and Transformers uh, alongside them, both Hasbro property properties, and coming out from Skybound through the you know Image Comics label is 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 kind of like again revisiting that cycle and. This is just the beginning of what's going on, just like it was just the beginning of what was going on back in 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 2001, 2002, where this entire where this entire kind of licensing dynamite exploded. Back back in in 2002, what happened shortly after is in Top Cow, another Image Comic Studio, uh, headed by Mark Silvestri. They emerged with Battle of the Planets, and you gotta understand, the kids like me, the old people in the room, Battle of the Planets, gotcha, man that was a big freaking deal like battle of the planets um five standing as one i literally here we go you guys it's my age. That Battle of the Planets was on really early, six o'clock in the morning out here uh, on Channel 5 when I was a kid in Southern California. And I never, ever, I mean, I was up at the crack of dawn. I could not miss Jason Mark 7 Zark 7, which was the American application to, to make that they, 7 Zark 7 was an R2D2 uh, echo ripoff, whatever you want to call it. And uh, and it was there to to kind of smooth over because this was pure, you know, Japanese anime being again stripped Monday through Friday on a local syndicated channel out here, Channel Five. I ate that stuff up, and and they were like futuristic, uh, five of them warriors, and they tur- their their ship turned into a phoenix bird at the same time that Jean Grey was turned into a phoenix bird. So there was some real symmetry going on with phoenix birds in in 1977 because this stuff was just burning up. I could not get enough of this Western publishing, also known as Gold Key. Uh, did the original ten issues of Battle of Planets? They were on the newsstands. They were on. The, they were on those spinner racks that I talk about. I pulled them out. I, I grabbed them all. I have revisited them um, early and often. Well, Top Cow got a hold of it, and guess who was a fan of Battle of the Planets and Gotcha Man? Yes, it's called Gotcha Man. Oh man, in the nineties they did an updated. They did three updated ep- episodes with like R-rated anime. If you can find those, so badass, so ridiculously badass. But who was a who was a fan of this stuff as well was Mister Alex Ross, who is my age, who grew up loving all the same stuff, and he went ape shit nuts painting these incredible covers for Top Cow. They launched Battle of the Planets, the Ga- Gotcha Men. Suddenly, it is uh, at Top Cow, and it is coming out in. In 2002, 
So, so, so suddenly, again, the licensing boom. I mean, it's just going on. It's like dynamite everywhere. Boom, boom, boom. You got GI Joe. You got Transformers. You got, you got, uh, you got Battle of the Planets. You know, it, it, it just, it's nonstop. One license after the other. It was like we all have to have a license. We have to have the licenses. That's where the excitement was coming from. It was like the the kids from the '80s had grown up. You know, they, they were now, they were now. It felt like in their mid to late twenties and they were fully digging on these G.I. Joe Transformers Battle of the Planets and we're gonna get the Thundercats and all the other ones that exploded during that time. And I'm telling you, right now, I mean we we are we are back at it. We are back at it because uh again some of these announcements really uh just seem to to underscore that that we are back in this licensed age of comics for certain. When the Thundercats first arrived they were published by Marvel Comics under their Star uh, Star Comics label, and they were okay. They weren't they weren't terribly uh, compelling. But when DC Comics got the Thundercats license in 2002, and they were published through the Wildstorm imprint, Jim Lee's company that he sold to DC Comics in 1998, uh, they had some great more J. Scott Campbell covers. Ed frickin' McGinnis, Ed Deadpool, Fighting American, Red Hulk McGinnis was crushing it and the art was uh was really fun and it was uh great covers great splash i'm gonna tell you i've said often when these cartoons hit uh when when the, when the transformers and gi joe cartoons hit i was dating i had given myself over to 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 girls i loved girls i, I loved to date I love to go out. I was in high school. I'd come back from football practice. I'd do my homework and I'd find a reason to go out with one of the, you know, whatever 14 girls that I was going out with in my high school year. I dated a lot. I loved the ladies. And when I loved the ladies, I left the cartoons behind. <laughs> but the cartoons of my age are, you know, Super Friends and and uh, and Battle of the Planets and the old Superman, Batman, Aquaman uh, half hour that that sometimes worked in the 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 old Teen Titans and 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 the stuff that I grew up on, which which was which was the uh, the early, the sixties Spider Man, which was stripped in syndication, and then of course I brought it up on the show recently. Kind of the last hurrah for me was Spider Man and the Amazing Friends. I was thirteen, fourteen, but by the time I'm fifteen, sixteen, that's when these these car these these this Transformers and GI Joe are coming out, and the GI Joe that I grew up, grew up with. Uh, had had the Kung Fu grip. It's on the box. I have it right behind me. It says now with Kung Fu grip. So I don't want to hear that. Don't give me your woke stuff. I'm reading the label of what was sold. I have a vintage from 1974. He also had the Eagle Eye, uh, which was a, a telescope in his eye that you could look in the back of and see. He, he was. He, they had turned GI Joe into an adventure hero, an action hero. And and when I did, <laughs> I did I did a GI Joe comic. I did Snake Eyes, and I put a bunch of these 70s characters in it. Bullet Man. And in some of the other characters, uh, the intruder and alien, I, I, I featured all these characters and, uh, and people said, I can't believe you're putting your own name characters in here. And I'm like, uh, these were, uh, they even had a bionic man. They called him the atomic man. I put them all, I wanted to see them all fighting alongside snake eyes. And I did that in my snake eyes, dead guy, dead game, dead game series that I did with IDW. And, uh, it was funny because I said, I didn't make these characters up. These are characters that existed pre the, what we call the real American hero vibes. Okay. So, so I was going to my seventies roots. So, so I had experienced a different GI Joe than all of you, but man, that Marvel comics GI Joe, I was buying, I was buying it. I've covered it. Herb Trimpey, uh, 
was drawing it. Bob McLeod was inking it. Larry Hama was writing it. It was really great. I did not miss a single issue. G.I. Joe, especially with the issue two, the, the retailers back in the 80s, people will tell you one of the first encounters that I had with wall books was G.I. Joe on the back of the wall, G.I. Joe number two. Number two was severely underordered. It sold out like the day that it came out with most people. And then the, when, I, when I would go to the conventions, and when you go to different stores, you'd be like, wow, there's G.I. Joe 2. I never saw it, but it's on the back of the wall. And it's for like 15 bucks, which back in the day, I mean, that's a big, that's a big markup. So G.I. Joe always has these fits and spurts of heat. And it's, uh, it's exciting. And so, so, so I wasn't like swooning over Transformers and G.I. Joe. And the reason I'm telling you this, though, the one that did slow me down and get me to, you know, make time to watch it was, uh, was Thundercats. I, uh. I like the cat people, okay? Maybe deep within my soul, I am a furry at heart, uh, but I love lion I love the cat people. They look rad. They have swords. They're barbaric. I love the designs. Remember a couple of years, actually like 15 years ago, somebody photoshopped like Brad Pitt as lion and they did like the cast as, as they would look in live action. It was like, this would work. This is pretty cool. So while, while some of these cartoons were passing me by, Thundercats did not pass me by. I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely checking this out. This looks pretty rad and and so i did and i i I completely dug it and uh and and it was it was it's the one that kind of piqued my interest the most you know mumra liono chitara tigra i'm I'm in i'm all the way in and we're gonna circle back to the thundercats because thundercats is important because i haven't had an imprint i haven't like like i've drawn rom uncovers i've drawn the micronauts because what i also left out is josh blaylock and his devils do also in conjunction with uh, the time period that he was doing G.I. Joe, he brought back the Micronauts. Again, covered in 2002, comma, where are you? That 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 is a very informative podcast as to what was going on in 2002. I'm kind of giving you a quick down, down kind of rundown of all of it because what happened, so you got Skybound with the Transformers and the G.I. Joe, and 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 they're out there promoting that, and they're, 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 they're sounding that horn. Those are back in image, so it really does feel like a return of the cycle, uh, given when, when Devils do had G.I. Joe in image. And then, you know, Thundercats was announced that it's part of Dynamite. Dynamite Comics is publishing the Thundercats. So, so they have uh, secured the rights to, to do yet another license that was popular back in the 80s that was, re, that, that, that was uh, revisited with Warner Brothers via the, the, the Wildstorm license. And the actual... Uh, Press release was Warner Brothers and Dynamite Comics making new Thundercats Powerpuff Girls comic series, but there's some more. There's some more in here. Uh, Warner Brothers and Dynamite have announced they're making a comic book series based on the beloved properties such as Thundercats and the Powerpuff Girls. But deep in here, it's also Space Ghost, Johnny Quest. Holy crap, Johnny Quest! Johnny Quest. Most of you don't remember. That's again my like my earlier era of Super Friends. And, and, and Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends, Johnny Quest was in repeats by the time I saw them in the 70s. Really, really well done uh, adventure, uh, kind of a sci-fi adventure, kind of Indiana Jones with like tech weapons. Johnny Quest is killer. It's cool. And Space Ghost, you've seen Space Ghost because you know, again, who loves Space Ghost? Alex Ross. And Alex Ross has revisited and done paintings of Space Ghost at DC uh, very, very, very recently. They announced uh, that... Uh, that the new Thundercats series will be written by Declan Chalvey and drawn by Drew Moss. And so uh, Thundercats is suddenly back alongside G.I. Joe, alongside Transformers. D- like we are literally looking at, at 2002 all over again. 
and 2003 and, and, and all of these launches. Well, that's, that's not all kids because I'm sitting there on break at the show and kind of, kind of before I, I go back up to the, to the, to the floor of the New York comic-con and try and, and, and buy comics that are, that are going to, um, uh, be, be sold out. <clears throat> I see another alert. I see another alert that, that the, uh, my, my friends Jason and Mark and, and and the rest of the Gotcha Man team are coming out, uh, and this was just announced. Uh, they, they, they're publishing Gotcha Man. They, they, I think they announced this at uh, at San Diego, but Mad Cave Studios is going to be publishing a new Gotcha Man stories that take place in the world of the original series setting, staying true to the time the timeless classic. So you're like, wait. I mean, what is going on here? I, 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 my, my head is spinning. We are getting Battle of the Planets, ba- Battle of the uh, Planets back. We are getting Thundercats comics. We are getting GI Joe comics. We are getting Transformers comics. The, 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 the licensing boon is back, and we are all the winners. At New York Comic Con, Mad Cave Studios announced that their uh, teams that are going to be working on Gotcha Man are going to be Colin Bunn with Chris Batista and. Uh, Steve Orlando and artist Tommy Lee Edwards are going to be building on the continuity with mind-blowing spinoffs of Gotcha Man. They also have, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, Flash Gordon, super badass, live action and cartoon roughly within a year of each other. The NBC uh, Saturday morning cartoon of Flash Gordon is fantastic. I have the box set. I rewatch it on the regular. It is amazing. Flash Gordon, and, and many of you, when you hear that, you're going to, you're going to hear Queen going, Flash! Okay, that movie rocked. I saw it opening night with my buddies. I even uh, wrote a review of the movie for our school paper. Okay, that's how much I was into Flash Gordon. I dig Flash Gordon. I love the serials. I love all of the early Alex Raymond stuff. And now, uh, you know, Mad Cave has announced that it has uh, it, 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 its teams on on Flash Gordon with what will be it will be written by Jeremy Adams and also some new tie-ins. So like. Here's the deal. Why are these companies doing this? Why is everyone, why is Dynamite tripping over themselves to get the Thundercats and Space Ghost and Mad Cave to get the Gotcha Man and Flash Gordon and Skybound to get Transformers and G.I. Joe? Uh, Look, they are known brands. They are known brands. They are now the best known brands in each of their portfolios. They have the most history. Uh, I mean, you you sit there and you go, Transformers, I mean, are they on their sixth film now? I mean, those Michael Bay films were were making like just shy of a billion dollars. I mean, they were huge. But before the Marvel Universe happened, the Bay Transformer Universe was, was rolling. By one year, 2007, that original movie got out there. And of course, you've had Transformers toys nonstop for 30 years. I mean, Transformers is a giant, global, worldwide icon. G.I. Joe has been rocking it since I was a wee lad. I mean, I was, again, 1974, grabbing G.I. Joe dolls. They were dolls. They were like as big as Barbie. Okay, I, I, know, I know some of my buddies... <laughs> They, they made Barbie his girlfriend. Okay. So, uh, you know, take that Ken. And, and so, so GI Joe transformers are giant brands. Thundercats has serious nostalgia. Ah, uh, you, you, you've, you've got flash Gordon, which predates everything I just said, which is being forgotten on the regular by this, this, this audience that exists now. But these, these licenses come with a built-in curiosity. Okay. You know, I can, I can, we, we've talked before. There's an entire age of licenses and Flash Gordon is in there or age of properties. It's the shadow. It's Doc Savage. It's the phantom. Okay. And they have kind of gone to the wayside. 
and and the fact that you know Mad Cave pursued Flash Gordon, it's because it's rich. It's rich in history and rich in in uh, in in lore and legacy. And they're going to look to try and 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 maybe hit one out of the park. Marvel has renewed their agreements to give you with Hasbro to give you Micronauts and ROM omnibuses. Those are a big deal. That's a big freaking deal, and it's really exciting. And 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 again, you're not getting anything new from them as yet, from what I understand. But the fact that, and again, we started this all with a podcast two years ago called Forbidden Fruits, because when when the Micronauts, especially that first year, you guys, that first year is as good as any run on any comic ever. Bill Mantlo, Michael Golden, Michael Golden, Joseph Rubenstein, and Alan Milgram packed in together to create a incredible space opera that was. In every fan's mind at the time, every Marvel comics, every sci-fi fan who was aware of the Micronauts and buying them, Micronauts was doing very well. Like I said, it teamed up with the X-Men. Uh, Micronauts had had huge crossovers into the Marvel Universe proper. Uh, very popular, very popular uh, uh, group of characters, cast of of, of uh, characters because this first year by Golden and Mantlo and Rubenstein and Al Milgram was just phenomenal. It's mind-blowing. And it came out in 1978. Okay, I mean, we are talking 40 plus years that those books have not been reprinted like properly, uh, like like collected ever in a trade paperback in an omnibus. And now we're getting them ditto for ROM, which debuted in 1979. So if you woke up, if you went to sleep, excuse me, if you went to sleep in, uh, in, in, in 2002, 2003, and you woke up today, you're like, hey, it's the same. It's just I, I, I'm, I'm like nothing changed. I got Transformers. I got I got I got GI Joe. I got Thundercats are on the way. Gotcha Man Battle of the Planets is back, um, and it's cool because because I love seeing that stuff out there. It's really fun. And look, I'll tell you the one that I tried to get a couple of years ago, and the one that I would I mean beg to participate if anyone ever like actually extracts it. It's very difficult for some. There, there's some secret sauce that's keeping it from emerging is Thundar the Barbarian. Thundar the Barbarian. When when you show people Thundar the Barbarian, uh, you can hear the voices go. Like He Man, much? Look, that's totally like He Man. And they say all their dumb, stupid stuff without realizing that Thundar predated He Man by like five years, like a good half decade. Um, like, he, <laughs> but but it doesn't stop. Again, we are in the age of the you don't think, you don't research, you just go. Well, that looks like a ripoff of something that actually came after it. What? No, research Thundar the Barbarian, post-apocalyptic. Just hit all the right buttons. Uh, Ukla uh, look look like look like a Chewbacca. I mean, Thundar looked like freaking you know Conan, uh, and he had a lightsaber sword, and then he had a Mystic. Uh, I've got the toys. They only put out like one set of the action figures. I've all got I've got them all here behind me at my my art desk. Uh, Thundar the Barbarian, where are you? Come to us, Thundar. Somebody find the license to Thundar. Did I already go up to Nick Barucci, the president owner? Grand Poobah of Dynamite and say, how many Thundercats covers am I doing? Okay, like, let's get this established. Thundercats is, here, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Oh, is it going to get me in trouble? It's literally, it's my spirit animal. I can say that because they are animals. They are a species of animals. So Thundercats uh, is 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 something that I desperately want to at least do some covers. Uh, ditto, gotcha, man. Battle, Battle of the Planets. Life is getting way too short i gotta jump on that stuff okay i've already done like covers for rom and i'm just speaking as a kid as a kid who you want to partake in just in the same way that somebody like an alex ross wants to partake in it for most of us sometimes it's just one crack at the bat you just want to do a cover say you did it you know acknowledge 
that that was fun to interact with something that you totally dug during your childhood. But we are definitely, as I've said repeatedly during this uh, spe- special bonus edition, we are in this reboot of licenses. I-, I mean, I did not know when I was revisiting this concept that we would just have all these moving chairs and it's musical chairs. I mean, again, you can say, well, Rob, Transformers and and, and G.I. Joe didn't, they haven't really, you know, been out of, you know, the, 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 they haven't been, been out of, of the public eye because they, they went right from IDW with just in a span of a month to now, you know, coming through image comics. So really exciting, but, but I mean, fresh, fresh vision, fresh, fresh connections. You know, uh, I, I've enjoyed when I've drawn, when I have drawn Transformers on covers of like G.I. Joe versus Transformers, which was over at IDW, which was done by Tom, Tom Scioli, which was fantastic, incredibly imaginative, like really like inspiringly imaginative. But uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is is crushing it. He he loves to draw robots and he has a seminal uh, kind of once in a generational talent. If you haven't grabbed his work, uh, he did a, a Wonder Woman kind of Elseworlds uh, I think it was a black label book over at DC Comics. He did Beta Ray Bill. He did Extremity, uh, or the was that it? Extremity? I think it, it had Extreme in the title. Uh, Murder Falcon, all manner. Uh, uh, the, the, the wrestling book, uh, the, the 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 wrestling book that, that's escaping me. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is a, is it ridiculously uh, you know successful. And, and and innovative voice and so seeing him on transformers I'm, I'm definitely picking that up because his work i've there's nothing that he's done that i haven't collected to date so of course i'm going to continue you know to buy that even if it's just a bunch of robots because i'm not really a transformers guy per se i love the movies that was really the biggest way that i interacted with them but you know there are people who freak for that stuff they absolutely freak out for it so again i'm not sure that thundercats can reach that same you know uh, upper echelon but but they're going to try and they're going to juice it and they're going to give it 50 covers. You know the game nowadays and they're going to give it all manner of different tricks and people dig it and they're, and they're going to show up and it, at least the launches are going to get really good numbers in keeping with how these things have been doing since, again, since DC had Thundercats back in, in 2002, 2003 and put like really good talent on the book to the point where like, you know, it became a fan favorite body of work for that period. The wrestling book was Do a Power Bomb. I got I to gotta get it right. That's, that's the book that uh, Daniel Warren Johnson did. And, and let's be honest, uh, uh, you know, Daniel Warren Johnson did some promotional photos and a shout out to him for wearing a vintage Rob Liefeld X-Force t-shirt. It, it made me feel old and proud simultaneously. Uh, thank you, Daniel Warren Johnson. You're a cool dude. I, I, now, I, I sought out Daniel Warren Johnson, I believe, at the 2017... Uh, New York Comic Con. I walked by, I saw his name placard, I saw his banner, I saw that he was doing some sketches. I made time. I just told him hello and how much I loved his work, and I and I moved on. I because he had about five or six people just completely, you know, crowding around him, watching him apply his craft because he does these killer commissions. So, but yeah, uh, really, really happy to have just made his acquaintance just briefly. Uh, thank you for wearing that kick-ass X Force shirt. Uh, really, really inspired again. Felt like the old man on the lawn, the grandpa, and appreciate that. So yeah, licenses, Planet of the Apes, Alien, Predator at Marvel, ROM, Micronauts, Omnibuses coming, foil reprints uh, that, that recently hit that I may have bought like three of each and so did you. 
uh, if, if you want to be honest and admit it. Uh, you got Mike, you, 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 no one has any current Micronauts, which, which breaks my heart. I mean, I love that property so much, but you got Transformers, you got G.I. Joe, Thundercats on the way, Flash Gordon on the way, Gotcha Man on the way. Uh, exciting time. We are, you know, again, in that cycle from the 80s, from like 82 to 86, when all this stuff was, was, was booming to then again, 2002, 2003, 2004, all this stuff is booming. And now 2023 to 2024, we're back. When people say to you that things happen in cycles, believe them, we're in it. Uh, I, I'm not sure what other you know stuff is going to be licensed. I licensed Battlestar Galactica back in the day when it was just completely dormant and available and Universal was happy to let me have it. Nowadays, I just find that it's easier to hop on uh, a license that's out there and participate in it. And, and like I said, maybe best case scenario, do a short story worst case scenario pop out a few covers super fun it, it is a way to kind of you know take a ride with some some favorite concepts and and and, and projects that you valued as a kid so licensing we are back uh the other thing from the new york comic-con that was really i, I feel like in in uh just like a, a giant wave washing across the comics industry is a is a rebirth of of cre- a surge of creator comics. You had uh, Ghost Machine, which is a label with Jeff Johns and Brad Meltzer, and I'm not going to be able to name everybody. Uh, you know, Jason Fabok is in there, and and I didn't really understand the title, but then I, I see Jeff Johns going around on on social media saying we're not the cog in the machine, we're the ghost in the machine. So I get that, and 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 there, that was a great uh, that was a great album by uh, the Police. Back in the day when I was a kid, like in the late 70s, they put out, or maybe just either 1980, Ghost in the Machine. Um, so they, they've got an initiative with a bunch of them doing creator-owned books. You've got authors uh, like Rick Remender who are committing to do exclusive work just for creator-owned stuff with Image. Uh, I think I think Jeff Lemire is, is somebody doing that. And, and I'm going to tell you, your host, your Rob Observations host is, is as close to to recommitting to, to full-time creator comics as I have ever been because it is extremely satisfying. And, you know, uh, if we don't go off and take our creator power the way we did in the early 90s, we don't all have these different catalogs and these different characters that we can revisit. And for me right now, that's Bloodstrike and Brigade and Evangeline and Prophet and, and Glory and even a, a, a miniseries that we did featuring a lot of really cool characters that Alan Moore uh, uh, basically came up with called Judgment Day. So there's a lot of, a lot on my table, but it's inspiring. It really seemed to be uh, the 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 focus outside of these licenses. I think the licenses really dominate, but then this creator surge, and it's great. Creators should take control of their destiny, control of their catalogs, their portfolios. And look, I look, I I am always more than happy to revisit characters that I created for Marvel, primarily Marvel, because really when it gets down to DC, it's just the female dove. But, you know, I love interacting with Deadpool and Cable and all those characters, and it's super fun, and it's uh, it's a blast. But but my, my characters are calling back to me. I, f- I really feel it, and I feel like this is the time. And when I can craft like a, a short film, and give you a teaser of it on Bloodstrike, and 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 I'm, we are not, in, you know, obviously revealing everything that is going on with Bloodstrike. 
in terms of interest, producers, studios, financing, but it's there and it's exciting. And, and a chance to build something that is completely your own is is always going to be uh, the, 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 the number one kind of alluring prospect as a creator. Because again, I can just pull out Bloodstrike or Profit or any of these characters anytime, just like Eric Larson can pull out Dragon and all his, and Freak Force and all those characters and Mark Silvestri with Witchblade and, and, and Cyber Force and just play with them. They're your toys. That was, that was what we put forth. And, you know, everyone told us we were going to fail. That's a fun part of that story to revisit. It, it really is a fun button to re, you know, push. And it's kind of, you can't go back, I think, all of us into that time. And I read an interview with Mark Silvestri at the time where it was like, yeah, everyone was just jealous. Everyone was just wishing we were going to faceplant. They were wishing we were going to fail. And it, and it is funny because the enormous success, what we were able to achieve with Image Comics and open doors for creators to do just, you know, what, what this New York Comic Con, this surge at New York Comic Con with these, with these new uh, group of creators coming together. I mean, that's exciting. It's exciting. And you can tell uh, pride of ownership definitely you know, comes into play. And, and, and so, you know, on, on the floor, the one thing that is different, uh, uh, that, that's changed in the last five, six years, kind of focusing on creators and, 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 you know, what they do. And not all of these creators are, are in the creator owned space, but pivoting away from this creator owned, uh, commentary that I just kind of indulged in and I'm excited about is the tribalism. I mentioned I would talk about it, and there are these different tribes now. It's different because different managing companies, managing entities have gotten together, and one guy manages 10 to 8 guys. One guy manages 6 guys. One guy manages you know 30 guys. They, they, they look all to be on Batman books or you know whatever that label, but it's tribes, these tribes, and they move together. And uh, you know I've always kind of been a solo show, uh, it was really fun running a studio for as many years as I did, but I realized that was not my, uh, my, my kind of purpose. My purpose was to make work myself with my own hands and create pages and storytelling on my own. And I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not alone in that. There's uh, tons of guys that, 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 that uh, came from either just, you know, like Walt Simonson, Frank Miller, Howard Chaikin. At one point, they shared a studio. Jim Starlin shared a studio. You know, Barry Windsor Smith, Bernie Wrightson, Mike Kaluta, Jeffrey Jones, they shared a studio. Uh, studios are fun. Neil, Neil Adams, so many people came from that studio, but at the end of the day, you know, Neil Adams is best when Neil Adams is focusing on doing Neil Adams. And same with Frank Miller and Walt Simonson and all these other greats that came from studio systems. But we really have a tribal kind of, uh, they, they, when I say they move together, I mean, they, they, they group together, they, they table together. Uh, you see photos, they, 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 they dine out together. I mean, these are definitely, there's a tribalism which has really become popular in in uh, in politics over the last 20 years more than ever it's you know people standing their ground carving out their space their beliefs their their their, their associations their their uh their their partnerships their alliances it's happening in comics too and i'm just telling you from an observe uh, like being an observer being in this business for over four decades uh getting hired in the 90s working obviously blown up 90s uh, i'm sorry hired in the 80s blown up in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2000s, and now we're in the 2020s. You know, I, I've, I'm doing this across five decades, 38 years. I've watched, I've watched the world of comics change dramatically, and it's exciting. And so uh, it's just exciting, and you've known it. You, you, you who I see at the shows, who I interact with, uh, you all share it with me. You, you talk to, to me about how, like, 
oh, you're on your own. Those people are over there in that group and there's that people in that group. It's just, it's just fun. It's just fun to watch. It's just fun to watch it all evolve. That is really the wrap up. My, my final observations coming out of New York Comic Con, a very exciting time for comics. You know, I read one of the write-ups right before I hopped on the mic here from a traditionally kind of skeptical voice. And that skeptical voice said that even through kind of the, the fog of low sales, which everyone believes there's, this is a low sales period in comic books, there is so much optimism out there. And I believe it. I share it. I, I am as hyped on comic books as I have, have ever been. And I saw creators excited, enthused. Um, there's a couple of stray puppies out there who are bumping into the walls who haven't really found kind of their, their focus yet. But, um, you know, hopefully they can look into one of the, their, their own, <laughs> hopefully they can look into one of their own mystery boxes and, and, and finally figure out that career that has eluded them. But, but for the most part, you know, creators are very focused, are very excited. Um, the only thing we need is more, more, more of the good work. Uh, you know, case in point, Jason Fabok, really talented guy. I'll buy his comic when he, if he does 30 pages, 60 pages, 80 pages, hundred pages, 200 pages next year, I'll buy all of it. Um, it'll be good to have him back. Good to have him drawing. Uh, we need the good guys to make work. And, uh, and cause that, that, that is called the rising tide that lifts all the ships. So, Hey, optimism is there the excitement is there uh licenses are most definitely there we are definitely in a cycle uh maybe we're in a cycle for creative uh, like a golden a new golden age a renewed golden age on par with what happened in 1992 within w- with within the space of creators and that is very exciting for me exciting for you exciting for all of us so we will continue to cheer it on get excited about it and 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 look forward to what's 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 coming in 2024 because uh it looks very bright very positive, very exciting. With with these uh, special bonus editions, we don't do them the same way that we do the regular editions. I won't be reading any reviews at the end of this episode. Just catch me on my social medias uh, on Twitter slash X. I am at Robert Liefeld. Love talking to you guys. Love hanging out, reading your comments, your replies, your all the interactions that we have on Twitter slash X. It'll be a long time. Before I embrace the X part, I am at Robert Liefeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I have one of those blue checks that says that I am the uh, legit, uh, genuine article. I would love to see you and interact with you over on Twitter. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. Again, blue check, genuine article, uh, my video and picture diary of my life. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly addicted to Instagram. I think if you follow me, you know that. I'm trying to show you the work that I do, the drawings, the the art, the stories, the comics I create, the, the time that I spend with my family, the places I travel, the food. Uh, it's just fun. And, and I would love for you to uh, interact with me, join, join with me, and follow me over on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. We have a group on Facebook. It's called Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond. I would love to hang with you over on that group at Facebook. It's a group, uh, either myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, will click you through. I spell his name out to you so you can see it clearly for what it is. It'll tell you that you are in the right space. Oh, it's Rob Liefeld. It's Terry Sala, exactly as, as we were told. Marvel, uh, I'm sorry, Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme Beyond is the page that we take so many of these discussions and carry them over there and have uh, more long-form interactions. There's art contests. There's all sorts of great sharing. We invite you to join us on Rob Liefeld. Marvel Extreme and beyond that group is on Facebook. I'm on Whatnot. Catch me over on Whatnot. Follow me, Rob Liefeld. You get updates when I do my shows. 
We uh, share uh, signed and custom remarks, signed books, art, uh, Funko Pops, toys. It's a blast. I love hanging with you guys. I'm talking right into the portal. Many people have said that it's an extension of this show. I'm a little more stream of consciousness, a little more weird, a little more off the cuff. Apologies in advance. Uh, if if you you tune in, see me, and you go, oh my gosh, this guy is crazy, uh, because likely I, I I am just a little bit, and 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 could be very much so. Whatever night that you tune in and follow me, hey, I've got Deadpool Batterblood on the stands right now. All five issues are available. You should grab the whole series. Uh, go see if your uh, store is is uh, carrying it, carried it, has any copies left. Uh, there's more to come in the future. I'm going to tell you, Last Blood, the Last Blood, it is coming. It is coming for me. It is part of that creator, uh, creator-owned resurgence that I am uh, excited about to share with you in 2024. Uh, look for the comics. Look for me. I am wishing you all the best. I hope you are doing great. I hope your mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional uh, uh, being is 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 doing well. I hope you are in a great place. Uh, and and I I wish you nothing but the best. Fist bumping you. Boom right through this. Mike that I am speaking into. Thank you for listening to this special edition. We are on Tuesdays and and Fridays regularly where all fine podcasts are loaded up. We're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, uh iHeartRadio. So 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 spread the word. Thank you for listening. We will most certainly absolutely and inevitably talk again real soon. 